Welcome back, Blue Gold Radio listeners. The Triple Threat crew, Trett Tetzloff, Ellis Williams, and Austin May are here. We've got a special athlete guest in the studio today, Casey Schumacher of the women's volleyball team for the Blue Golds. Trent, I'm going to hand it over to you to start us off. All right, Casey, starting out, uh, first, how and when did you first get into the sport of volleyball? Well, um, back when I used to live in Winona, I was in, like, third grade. Uh, My dad was assistant athletic director at Winona State, and the cutoff for a volleyball camp was, like, you had to be in sixth grade. He's like, no, no, you're fine. You're in third grade. You'll be fine. So he just kind of threw me in there with a bunch of older girls, and uh, I guess that's when I kind of first started and started to love the sport. What was the recruiting process like in high school since you were were able to make it to Southern Illinois, Edwardsville? Uh, What's that process like? Just take us through it. Okay, so sophomore year I had to make a recruiting video, just kind of introducing myself, saying what position I was, like all kind of like, I don't know, just a video of me doing drills. Um, It gave information on my height and how far I could jump, just kind of athletic ability. And then um, their colleges of D2 and D1 are not allowed to talk to you until a certain cutoff, until like your junior year in November. So November 28th, I believe it is, and then they could contact you. So I had a recruiting video out there a year in advance before. and then November 28th rolled around, and I got a couple emails, different schools. Can't exactly remember all of them, but um, that's where it kind of started off. And then I started visiting schools, and that went from there. <laughs> um, talk about your transition now, transferring away from Division One, coming here to play D3. What has the transition been like, the ups and the downs? Uh, are you comfortable here? How's it all been for you? Uh, it's been pretty great. Uh, the transition, I was... I don't know. I feel like anyone who makes a transition to any school is going to be a little nervous. I was definitely a little nervous because not knowing anyone, um, like at all, I maybe met I met one girl before I tried out. It was she's a senior this year, Jamie Dimka, and she was nice, but it was nerve wracking going into tryouts. Twenty new girls, no one really is comfortable with each other. But as soon as I stepped foot in that gym, everyone welcomed me. They introduced themselves, like. It just felt like I was coming into a good place. So, yeah, um, being on the football team, you know, our, I feel like our fall camps are relatively similar. You know, it's really mm-hmm. just us in there. Early August, our summers are cut short. Does that um, sense of coming together when it's really just volleyball and that's the only thing on your mind help you um, help with that transition, if you will? Yeah, it's just we all share a common denominator, I guess. So. Um, I mean, volleyball brings us together. We're a team. Um, You get to know the girls at a different level after you've started practicing every day. You get to goof around with them. So, I mean, it helped a lot just getting to know the girls each day, day by day. Cool. Um, And then uh, what do you uh, enjoy most while playing uh, D3 volleyball as compared uh, to the D1 game? Um, I think just the level of passion everyone has. I know the whole athletics likes to say passion and pride, um, and I think that really is true for D3. When I was at D1, it wasn't, it was kind of more like everything serious, girls weren't as motivated just because they were given scholarship money, and it was kind of hard to, it was kind of like more of a negative attitude. I don't want to bash it, but um, coming here is a really positive experience because all the girls were just, just starting it for the love of the game. Talking about changes. Mm-hmm. 
Is it what's it like having your dad in the role here? Because <laughs> really, I mean, you are in such an I can't even imagine what the statistical chance of this would be to land at a college where your dad is your athletic director. Uh, I guess talk about the uh, pros, and I'm assuming if there's cons, uh, they're not really even uh, athletically related. I'm sure it's just kind of uh, added pressure, but please go ahead. Um, Cons, I don't really think there are any, except I can still hear him yelling at me from the (laughs) sidelines, but that's nothing that's really changed over the years. I've had that since I was in third grade, so... I mean, it's just nice. I think it's even better to have him at my games more often just because Southern Illinois was so far. It was nine hours from here. Um, you know, I made the transition because I wanted to be closer to home. Um, I wasn't sure if I was coming to Eau Claire in between a couple different schools, but, you know, ultimately it was closer to home because I'm such a family person. And um, I don't know. That was nice. Cat or pros of having my dad, I guess. <laughs> I think it's more funny. I think some people are scared of me, actually. They're like, oh, <laughs> you're the AD's daughter. Like, a couple of the football guys are like, oh, we can't talk to her. I'm like, yeah. why? I'm a normal person. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> just another girl. <laughs> but it's just it's just kind of funny having them. I like to joke around with them and not whatnot. So. Sure. <laughs> um, <clears throat> as you look back at your first season as a Blue Gold Volleyball player, um, what are some positives that you'll take away from your first season here? Some positives. Well, we did awesome this year. Um, I know talking to the girls <laughs> about last season, we weren't, we didn't have a winning record. But this year, going from I think last year was 15 and 16 to 28 and 8, so or 25 and 8. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think that's just awesome to step into a program and know that these girls are here to compete and just like beat out the competition. I don't know. Yeah. Just positive. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of listeners probably don't know this, but we, uh, the football guys, have a pumpkin carving contest every year. It's our no. third year doing it. Oh, it, pitch it. Give it the yep. name. Come on. Give uh, Joel some credit. The, the Bronco Jack uh, <laughs> pumpkin carving contest. Joel Newman, quarterback with <laughs> Bugles, puts it together. And Casey was there with some of her teammates, and they uh, carved what was essentially Drake's face on the album cover of uh, Nothing Was the Same. And it is one of the most incredible pumpkins I've ever seen. I saw it, and I came outside, and I freaked out. And um, so kudos to you, and I'm assuming that had to have been a positive of being an Eau Claire, the ability to carve such an amazing pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, that definitely was a positive. And we won it, won the contest. So, I mean, some people had some honorable mentions, but I think Drake won by far. I would say, where'd you guys come up with that? Like, I literally have never seen that just... I don't know. I was listening to Hotline Bling, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I love Drake. He's going on my pumpkin. <laughs> Convince is, Keegan to help me out. <laughs> that is awesome. It was an incredible pumpkin, so well done. Thanks. Big things happening in Eau Claire. Joel's pumpkin carving contest, getting people to come to school here. That's what I'm wow. saying. <laughs> Big recruiting pitch for the next incoming class. Oh, man. Um, okay, so um, tough three to two loss for you guys on Tuesday night. Uh, what will you guys be doing this week um, as you uh, prepare to find out uh, if you do receive an automatic bid for the upcoming tournament? Okay. Um, yes, it was a tough game. <laughs> we don't want to talk about yeah. it anymore, but we had our discussions the next day over it. Coach didn't really want to really get into it that night because everyone was pretty upset. Um, it was tough. But, you know, this week is helping us. We have an off day, so it gives us some rest time because it was our first five-set match in a long time, so it took a lot out of us. But I think the rest will help, but 
we're going to get right back in it and we're going to practice like we're going to be in the NCAA tournament and on to the Elite Eight in the next weekend. So. Now, before we go to our uh, special, let's see how our athlete does with a nice game of Google Feud segment, um, <laughs> I covered the volleyball team last season and I uh, got to know some of the players and Woody, and Woody's one of the coaches I respect the most that I've ever dealt with and worked with. I guess just what are your thoughts about her and the program she's put together put together over the last few years? Um, I really like Kim. She has, I went into her office when I decided I wanted to come here. I was like, okay, I want to play volleyball for you. And she's like, all right, like, you got to try out. So I did. Um, I like coming in every day knowing that she's going to be as competitive and challenge us as much as we want to challenge each other. Um, she's just like a great role model to have. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, I just love her, so... And talking with some of the other athletes in some different programs, there's obviously at the D3 level you talk about how you really have to have more passion for it. And when you have that much emotion involved, teams quickly become re really family-like. But I know from one, uh, one of our spectator staff reporter, Sam Martinez, uh, <laughs> when he did a story on you this year and when I did a, a few features on the volleyball team last year, uh, definitely the word family was thrown a lot, around a lot, and you mentioned being welcomed uh, early on and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I guess could you just uh, – really talk about maybe the differences between um, here and not only the school you're at before but uh, high school and club teams and stuff like that and mm -hmm. uh, really where this team kind of ranks up uh, okay. with that sure um I guess I don't know I've never really been on a team that has been like had so many girls and that have been so close um, at my other school, we only had 12 people, and half of them were injured just because we were, I want to say, we were really overworked, I'm going to be honest. But, um, you know, coming here, 20 girls, we all like each other. We all, I want to say love each other because I just feel like I have 20 automatic best friends as soon as I got here. Um, it, I think family is a great word to describe our team. Um, you know, we have each other's backs. We support each other through thick and thin, wins, losses, whatever. Um, I don't know, compared to high school. I can't really re recall high school right now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just because I feel like it was a long time ago. But Here I you on that. <laughs> I'm Under old. Yeah, I understand that completely. Uh, so what we're going to do right now to wrap up this segment for Google Radio 89.7, we're going to play a little uh, a quick round of Google Feud. Essentially, I'm going to give a question, and it's not just going to be you. you got Ellis, you got Trent, you got teammates on this. Throwing this us is under the, the bus. got the studio family <laughs> right here. So Let's do it. I'm going to ask a question. We're going to let you start since you are a special guest. Oh. And uh, uh, you pretty much give me a word to end the sentence. I will type it in, see if the word is there. Uh, so the question is, can you smell blank? Just one word, or can I come up with, like, two? You can come up with whatever. I will try it. Can you smell, um, the knee pads? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Volleyball related. Can you smell the knee pads? <laughs> I don't know. Alice Williams, you're up. Can you smell the rain? Ooh. The rain? Number four on the board. Wow. wow. 7,000 okay. points. Rain. <laughs> Trent, you're up. All right. Um, this one's going to be pretty generic. Can you smell the food? <laughs> what? You can wow. I'm going to go ahead and say you can always smell food. <laughs> Casey, back to you. Oh, boy. Okay. Can you smell the love? <laughs> there you go. That'll be on there. 
Have I been to what? one? That's it. <laughs> Not there. The top three answers were, can you smell that smell? Can you smell vodka? Uh, and can you smell mold? Wow. Vodka. Of course. I think of it's course, can you feel the Phil. love. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that'd be on there. Uh, Number five, kind of surprising. Can you smell cancer? I don't wow. think you can, but I guess we'll find out. But Casey, thank you so much for coming <laughs> Thanks, in today. Guys. Glad you were able to take part in some Google Feud. Had a blast. I could tell. And <laughs> it was uh it was great to have you in. Uh, right. Hopefully, uh, your team will get the bid this weekend. Yeah, and, we're hoping. Uh, good luck moving forward, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your time here at the university. Thanks. Thanks for having me. For the Triple Threat crew, we are signing off. Uh, Got to thank WUEC 89.7 Eau Claire Radio for the time in the booth. For Trent Tetzloff, Ellis Williams, and Austin May, we're signing off. We'll see you next Sunday. Triple Threat listeners, Trent Tetzloff, Ellis Williams, Austin May, we're all still here. We're ready to talk some headlines. Just had Casey Schumacher in the studio. Good luck to their volleyball team trying to determine whether or not they'll actually get a national bid. Unfortunately, I do not think the odds are very high for them this year. They have been snubbed the last few years, but let's try to stay optimistic and see what happens for them. I guess first things first, we'll start with the Thursday night football game from last night. We are recording, as always, on Friday mornings after the Thursday night football game. Bengals beat the Browns 31-10, and for fantasy owners of Andy Dalton and Tyler Eifert, they were pretty happy last night. And when you're in a league with former Blue Gold students, alums, sports reporters, and you draft Eifert in the 13th round, and you beat the and you put a nice big point whopping on the league leader in Davo, former EIC of the Spectator, you feel pretty good. And by you feel pretty good, I mean I feel pretty good. What do we think about last night's game, guys? Yeah, um, I'm definitely on the opposite side of things from you, Austin. I got killed last night. Um, my undefeated record is in jeopardy now. Um, the guy that I was playing last night, for some reason, happened to have Andy Dalton and Tyler Eifert uh, combined for 44 points against me uh, before I even had anyone step on the field. So that is not a good starting place for me, but I do have Tom Brady and Gronk. Let's remember that. They'll be getting back on the field and hopefully being able to try to match what Dalton and uh um, Eifert did. As I was telling Austin before, I definitely would have to say that um, Eifert, to me, is a poor man's Rob Gronkowski, and we discussed this also, that Andy Dalton may or may not be a poor man's Tom Brady, but we don't want to compare Andy Dalton and Tom Brady. Um, yeah, the Bengals basically just dominated this game last night. Browns, once again, did not look good. Johnny Manziel looked a little bit better from what he had, but yeah, still... Not too impressed. Yeah, that's where the split was between Trent and I. I could agree that Eifert is a poor man's Gronk because Eifert, look at him blocking. He's a great blocker, and he's underrated for that. He's a pretty good pass catcher. He made Jermon Williams look like a fool on some go routes last night. But, uh, yeah, the divide really came about Tom Brady because at first reference, Trent said it. Uh, I think Andy Dalton's a poor man's Tom Brady, and I had to stop and take a second and think about it because I, I had a conversation with my girlfriend last night about uh, whether Andy Dalton will ever be good. And I looked at her and said, well, he's great right now. <laughs> and But to really compare him to Tom Brady, who I will say this much about Tom Brady, while he has been good, he only has had, I'd say, maybe four or five seasons where he has had those like really stunning numbers. Other than that, he's, just, he's always ha- uh, had his team toward the top of the league, always winning the division. But uh, Tom Brady really isn't the most – he isn't the statistical dynamo 
that Peyton Manning is, and that's why a lot of people still regard him as the best quarterback of all time. But I hope Andy Dalton keeps getting better. It's good for the league. Better quarterbacks, better ratings, better everything. So as a fan, I hope it keeps going. But as far as play last night went, I mean, he looked calm, cool, and collected. I remember seeing a third and four. Uh, the, de- the Browns' defense was playing nickel, so it was already looking pretty nightmarish for them. Uh, all Andy Dalton had to do was throw a pump fake out for the outside slant, and then he ran up and slid for a five-yard gain. If Andy Dalton can keep making the right decisions and not throw you know, stupid balls to get turnovers, his team's going to keep winning a lot of games, and they might really... A lot of people after that Packers game are thinking that the Broncos are locked in for that second seed behind the Patriots or that the Patriots have legitimate competition in the Broncos now. But the Bengals really have a good shot for uh, that second seed, I think. I There's no reason why they couldn't uh, really on a good day or even on a neutral playing field have a shot against the Patriots or the Broncos. I really believe that. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. Andy Dalton's yet to win a playoff game. I believe it won four in his career so far, and that's consecutive uh, years, I believe. Um so even though this year does feel different, he looks different. The feels different. Absolutely, this, this could for definitely be the year. But I, like I said, I believe when I see. It. I think the other interesting storyline here, obviously, is Johnny Manziel, who um, really has had a chance to make some things happen in this league. And last night, though, going against a really talented team, um, an undefeated one, did not look good. He looked all right going into the half, but really got nothing going in the second half, and this might be his last (laughs) chance in Cleveland and really as a starter, and likely Johnny Manziel finds himself as a backup next year on a team. Worst-case scenario, he gets the Tim Tebow treatment and is taken out of the league completely because the circus isn't worth it. Though there really hasn't been much of a circus with Manziel this year, Uh, kudos to both him and sports media staying off his case, but it doesn't look good for Manziel going forward. I do admit when I'm wrong, recklessly speculating about fantasy last night, I told Ellis I expected two touchdowns from the Bengals running backs. Neither of them got touchdowns, but at least I picked up those touchdowns in my fantasy league. So, Also, um, as well, if you were counting, uh, Tyler Eifert now leads the league, um, or not leads the league, has more touchdowns than Rob Gronkowski, which is very surprising to me. I believe he leads the league in receiving touchdowns also. Yeah. So. Good stuff. Uh, moving on. Got some things going on in basketball. A little, uh, some, you can call them uh, paradigm shifts, I suppose, but really, uh, I'm going to quote Kevin Durant here. After a loss to the Raptors, uh, Kevin Durant said, uh, we let our best player, Russell, uh, we let him control the game. And really, is Kevin Durant the second best player on that team now? He has the hardware to prove that he is one of the best in the league, but what are our quick thoughts on that? I'll give everyone about 30 seconds. Trent, you're up. Um, you know, when I, when I watch a, I watched the Thunder game the other night, um, just a quick snippet of it, um, half quarter, and when you see Westbrook coming up the court, he isn't looking to get the ball to Durant. He's looking to do what he does. Um, and when I look to see... Uh, um, Russell Westbrook on the court, I see him as the superstar. Don't get me wrong, Kevin Durant is a superstar, um, and Westbrook uh, can play like an idiot on the court sometimes way too fast. Um, he can drop 40 on any given night, and he's just something to watch. And I would say right now, um, as we speak, Kevin Durant still coming off his injury. Westbrook is the best player on their team. Ellis? I uh, completely agree. Right now, Russell Westbrook is the best player on Oklahoma City. He 
ended the year on a tear and he's starting the year on a tear. Like Trent mentioned, Kevin Durant is still trying to find get his groove back, if you will, coming off uh, foot surgery, really taking all of last year off. He needs to find himself, and you can tell he's been struggling to do so. Uh, pretty passive at times. Only took two shots in the fourth quarter last night. So right now I would say, yes, Russell Westbrook is the team's best player. Going forward, it's an interesting dynamic of what will happen with these guys, but uh, I didn't have a problem with the statement last night. NBC Sports' Brian Weinhurst said that the Derrick Rose breakup with the Bulls has already begun. Uh, less than 14 hours later, Rose scores 29, and the Bulls go on to beat the Thunder 104-98. to Do we believe this? Is this the, really the beginning of the end of the Derrick Rose era in Chicago? I'll start, and I... I, I believe there's a lot of uh, a lot of whispering that goes on with uh, front office people in the NBA. They seem a lot more talkative than those in the NFL, and thus I should believe this. But I just can't. I can't. I don't know. It's it's weird for me to think about Derrick Rose actually playing for another team. It happens in the NBA, but uh, similar to how Ellis won't uh, buy a ticket to the Andy Dalton train until he gets a playoff win. I. I need to actually see more reports of talks of trades going on before I can even begin to believe that the breakup is starting to begin. I know the Bulls kicked out their coach last year, but I mean, Derrick Rose is him and Jimmy Butler on that team make them contenders. And with Gasol now, I mean they've got the best team they've had in a while, in my opinion. They need to ro- uh, roll with that for at least another couple of years, I think. I mean, Derrick Rose might be getting old and getting worse, but I mean, come on, it's Derrick Rose. That he's, uh, it's just, it's tough. I understand he's been injured and hasn't played like 100-something games out of the last two seasons, but very, very hard for me to imagine him playing somewhere else right now. Um, yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, with the way that um, Derrick Rose has played so far this year, if he can continue to stay healthy this year and um, show the signs of the old Derrick Rose, um I don't think that this is something that could really happen. I think that the Bulls will lock him up if he uh, continues to play like he has and stays healthy for once. Um, Derrick Rose was one of the best players in the league um, at one point and could be once again if he, uh, you know, stays, continues to stay healthy and starts um, to uh, score like he once did, Um, especially with uh, the Bulls having such a good defense like they have. Uh, for the past years, uh, the Bulls could also go extremely far in the playoffs with Jimmy Butler and him. So um, I really don't see them getting rid of Derrick Rose because that team loses a whole dimension um, losing him and does not have any sort of a point guard without him. So I do not see him going anywhere anytime soon. I completely buy Brian Winter's uh, reports coming in uh, first out of ESPN. I think that these reports have kind of been surfacing for a while now there's been rumblings and finally he had enough to really break a story Derek Rose to me is a guy who had some flash uh young I think the league was sick of LeBron and basically just did not give him the MVP award that year for that reason and Rose was that high energy guy lots of injuries later he's not the same guy anymore that being said this has a New York Knicks written all over it Derrick Rose will find his way to New York in some Stephon Marbury reincarnation, and the Knicks will pay him a bunch of money and hype him up, and he'll never live up (coughs) to those expectations. It sounds like I'm kind of crapping all over Derrick Rose right now, but it's just that's kind of what I see in the cards, that he is going to live off his hype uh, for really the rest of his career until he can settle in, maybe become a uh, three-point shooting option on a – championship team three four five years from now 
but as for a guy who can carry a franchise, I think that ship has long sailed. Yeah, I'm going to make this real quick. I uh, didn't really comment on the Kevin Durant thing. Frankly, I think Russell Westbrook is the best player because I watched a Thunder game a few days ago, and Kevin Durant missed three mid-range shots, and it was absolutely infuriating. I don't understand how he could miss those shots. <laughs> they were maybe nine-footers, and it was uh, it was just really appalling. I've never seen him play uh, really just shoot that poorly in my life, but... Um, in basketball, people uh, they swing low and then they come, the upswing happens and then they're back to it. Uh, I'm just going to start us off with this. I'm going to let Trent kind of recap and talk about the World Series real quick. The Royals won the series 4-1. Uh, shout out to our former host and good friend Nick Erickson. Congrats, buddy! I know you wanted this real bad and you'll remember it for the rest of your life. Trent, go ahead. Um, yeah. So first of all, uh, wrote a column this week um, on SpectatorNews.com currently about um, the underdog. Um, in sports uh, of late, and the Royals are, you know, the epitome of the underdog. Uh, the, the Royals, once again, had a great uh, regular season, and are one of those teams that people never gave respect um, a few years ago. They, they had been struggling for the longest time, um, and really they, they came into the series against the Mets, who probably have the best starting rotation in the league, have uh, four or five number one starters in that rotation, um, so they're going to be a force to be reckoned with down the road. Um, with all their youth and their pitching rotation. But um, really, uh, the Royals, their batting lineup was too tough uh, up and down. Uh, Lorenzo Cain, Elsie Escobar, both former Brewers, had great seasons and great postseasons. And the Mets' hot bats, which basically carried them through the postseason, um, that weren't so great during the year, um, kind of tapered off coming er, coming into the World Series. Daniel Murphy um, couldn't continue his eight-game streak of having a home run. Um, which was basically was unreal at that point, and I knew he wouldn't be able to carry it on. Um, so, yeah, I I really uh, just uh, felt like the Royals were able to handle the series, and it was good to see them uh, get their first World Series win in a while. Nick Erickson, feeling good for you, buddy. We'd call you in today, but we know you're big time do radio shows, so we'll get you when we can. But I'm going to hand it off. It's, uh, you know... It's that time, Ellis. I can't even. I can't uh, do the disrespect. You got to do it. It's up to you. Wait, hold on. So, <clears throat> no one wants my uh, opinion on the World Series. Woo! Sports Center just got that much more better. No more baseball highlights. All right, sorry. No disrespect. We'll go into Pick'em here. Um, every t- everyone's favorite time of the week, NFL Pick'em. Um, last week we had an interesting week. Uh, mm. Some heartbreak. Some uh, head scratchers. <laughs> In all honesty, I haven't had time to add up the scores, so we're just going to roll into this week's. Um, we have Raiders at Steelers. Uh, sports reporter Nick is going with the Steelers. Quarterback Joel has yet to get back to us. Trent, who you got? The last two weeks, I didn't respect my Raiders <laughs> whatsoever, and they won. Um, I need to start picking some upset picks. Um, I'm going with my Raiders this week. Uh, they are going to pull this one off. Derek Carr is going to go off again to his main man, Amari Cooper. I think the Steelers win this one and keep my bet alive another week. Yep, I would agree with you there, Austin. I am taking the Steelers as well. Up next, we have the Rams traveling to Minnesota to face the Vikings. Mm. Uh, kind of a surprise team with the Vikings. This might be the game, the early game to watch here. Rams at Vikings, Trent. Um, I really uh, did not expect uh, the Vikings to be playing this well at this point. Uh, Stephon Diggs has really stepped up as a key target for them as a receiver. Um, although the Vikings have been playing really good ball lately, 
Um, I think Todd Gurley will be too much uh, for the Vikings defense to handle. I think it's going to be a really close game, uh, defensive battle, but I got to give this one to the Rams. They're too tough. Defense is too good. I could see Sports Center, NFL Network, Fox Sports, all of this being. Uh, I can already close my eyes. I see it now. Todd Gurley rushing for just a stupid amount of yards and uh, saying that the torch has been handed off. But this Vikings team is different. The Vikings win. And I'm starting the St. Louis defense. I'm going to back myself in a corner here, but Vikings win. Vikes win. Sports reporter Nick has the Vikes as well, and your Minnesota boy himself is taking the Rams. Oh, disrespect. Uh, I'm taking the Rams solely because I saw what the Rams did to Green Bay, yeah. and this is a pretty solid team, and uh, I think they are just have more talent. It's just a ta- more talented roster than Minnesota right now. So give me the Rams. All right, up next, Packers. Traveling to Carolina, Trent. I was fearing that you would give us this game to yep, pick, and um, I really have been struggling with this one all week. But I, as I was telling my roommates this week, I gotta believe that Aaron's gonna come back from that loss against Denver, where he barely got to see the ball, and when he did, he struggled. Aaron's gonna come back with a vengeance and have his way with Carolina's defense that has been very good this year. Um, the Packers receivers are finally going to be getting open for him, and it's going to be great to see. Um, Packers will win this one. It's going to be a close one, but I think it's going to be a shootout. Sidebar, did any of you see that video of that guy? It's about two minutes long, this Packer fan. I think he's down from uh, uh, the Pewaukee, Milwaukee area, uh, just sitting there, standing there crying, just uh, bawling about this Packers loss. I did not. Yeah, it was uh, very funny, and uh, unfortunately, I could resonate a lot with him because obviously I was hurting after that game. This Carolina defense is pretty good, but it's not the Broncos' defense, and the Packers are going to win this game. Mike McCarthy does not like getting embarrassed on TV. I would not have liked to be at the practice facility this whole entire week. Packers might put 40 points above whatever Carolina scores. Wow, that is a really interesting statement. Um, sports reporter Nick disagrees with you because he's taking the Panthers, and even though Aaron Rodgers has not lost consecutive starts since like week five, week six in 2010, saw that stat on NFL Network yesterday, just had to plug it, I'm going with the Panthers as well. So we'll see uh, if quarterback Joel can break this tie later, but that should be a fun one to watch. Up next, we have Eagles at the <coughs> winless Cowboys since Tony Romo has gone down. Who you got, Trent? Ooh, um, as much as the Cowboys have struggled lately, I feel like they'll play a much better game, um, especially with Des Bryant coming back. But I still have to give uh, credit to the Eagles, who have hung in there um, despite San Bradford not playing that well and DeMarco Murray not doing much of anything. Um, i got to go with the Eagles over the Cowboys in this one. Eagles. Couldn't agree more. I'm going Eagles. It's a sweep for everyone, and I'm assuming uh, quarterback Joel will see the same way. All right, we have a Monday night big-time primetime matchup as the Bears travel to San Diego. I'm sure that place will be filled with Bears fans because no one in San Diego wants to cheer for Phil Rivers for some reason. Trent? I'm going to say this again, as <laughs> I did earlier this year. Go Chargers! Go yeah, it sucks. I don't know. Bears are not as bad as we thought. The Chargers aren't as good as I thought. So it's honestly a toss-up. But <clears throat> with Forte out, I'm going to go Chargers. Sports reporter Nick is going Chargers as well. And L. Will, after seeing the Bears play a Vikings team that probably should have lost that game, I'm taking the Bears not to uh, lose two in a row there. 
So that is all the time we have this week. I want to thank WUEC for the booth, 89.7. For Ellis Williams, Austin May, and Trent Tetzloff, we are signing off. Have a great fantasy weekend, everyone. Can you smell the food?